Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hi everyone, thanks for joining today. Today we have on a really incredible guest. Her name is Kayla Barkley, and she's a fellow type one diabetic. She's had diabetes for 20 years, and in September 2020, she decided to get very serious about her health. At the time, she had diabetes which was not well controlled. Her A1C was 11.8. She's since been able to bring it down to 6.9, which is really incredible. She's also had stunning weight loss over her journey and she's lost over 100 pounds. I really can't wait for you to hear her story. She's done everything her own way and she's had the tremendous support of her family. It's a really great interview. I hope you enjoy it. Kayla, thank you so much for for joining me today. I can't wait to hear your story. It's very inspirational. Before we get started, you wanna just give everybody a quick 30 second intro so that people can learn a little bit about you. Yeah, of course. So there's a little bit about me. I have been type one diabetic for 20 years. I am a mother of two wife. I work from home in a health journey to save my life basically. And, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. So you, you said you were diagnosed when you were 13 years old. Correct. The day after my 13th birthday was when I was diagnosed. What a birthday present. <laughs> it was a. I remember the day my birthday. Uh, it was a Sunday. It was crazy. My mom took me shopping. I was 13 years old that day, and we went to the mall in Amarillo, Texas. And she was like, "Well, let's go shopping." And I was so thirsty. And you know what? I remember what I got for breakfast. I don't know if you're aware of like convenience stores, but there's like one around here called Allsup's, and Allsup's has fried like burritos and everything like that. And they had, I don't know if you remember the old Sobe drinks and the glass bottles, but they had them, they were pink and white and like just weird colors. And I had a pink one that morning and a chimichanga. That was what they are from our fast food place or convenience store. And I felt terrible. You know, that Sobe was nothing but sugar. And then we went to uh, the mall and my mom was like, go to this, go to the cafeteria and get us a Sonic drink. And of course I got a Route 44 vanilla Coke and not anything died at that time. And I felt terrible. I ended up going to the car, laying down and we finally felt a little better. Mom took me to the Mexican restaurant. And the next day she was like, we're going to the doctor. And I mean, it was terrible. I had lost 25 pounds in uh, two months and my tongue was like completely brown and a Brillo pad. It was, it was the nastiest thing. Yeah. I'm sure we all kind of remember our diagnosis times, but yeah, it was a fun birthday. (laughs) You know, what's funny. I don't actually remember like the day that I got diagnosed. It was like, it's like all such a blur to me. Like I remember bits and pieces of that story, but like, I'm so impressed that you uh, remember it like so specifically from when you were 13 years old. I remember things I don't, but that day I remember like to just to the detail, everything is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. So you've been on MDI basically the entire time you've had diabetes or have you ever used a pump? Yes. I used a pump 
Oh, for probably about eight years in the middle um, of diagnosis. I used shots for about four. I was able to get on a pump in high school. And then about six, seven years ago, I had been to the lake and back and forth, like in the water, out of the water. And the very last time we got in the water, I forgot to take my pump off and that ruined it. My insurance, I ever since it is a process to get insurance, to do anything. And then being unhealthy, I wasn't monitoring my sugars. I wasn't writing anything down. So it wasn't like I was trying to get it, you know, at that point. And now I'm very controlled being MDI. So I just don't know if I even want to go back. <laughs> so, yeah, but, no, I get it. If, if it works for you, why change it? You know, it's like one of those things um, where like I'm on an Omnipod now and I'm looping, but you know, Omnipod's coming out with like an algorithm soon, but I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, I don't want to make a change again. Like once you get dialed into what you're doing, it's like, why would you mess with it? You know, I totally get that. Yeah, for sure. So what insulin are you taking now? You're taking two different insulins, right? Yes. So I, my long acting, I, tra- I take Traceba. And then my, my fast acting is generally Novolog, but again, it's just been a pricey situation with insurance and deductibles. So I am purchasing the -the over-the-counter R. My doctor has me on five units of insulin, roughly four times a day, but generally I don't always take that just because the R is so much different than Novolog and Cumalog because of the fact that it it's not as just fast acting. You have to take it to kind of counteract the little bit of long-term because it's not a slow acting insulin either, but, and it can tank me way worse than Novolog and stuff. So if I don't eat almost to the T, that's the one thing is with the R, I have to have more of a strict like eating time frame. So it just depends, but I don't like it, <laughs> but right now that's what I'm managing with. So I actually am, uh, putting money into an HSA this year. So that way I can get some uh, Novolog back. Hopefully that's it. I mean, you know, I could graph about insurance all day long. I'm sure we all can. Well, yeah. And insulin is so expensive. So I totally get that. So if if you're taking R, so how much later are you eating? (laughs) Yeah. So I eat after I take my R, I eat within 45 minutes to an hour, just because it, it takes about an hour and a half to two hours, I feel like to kick in. And so by the time, and I don't eat high carb by any means, but the way that the R works, like regardless of what we eat, we may have a spike or we may have this. And so sometimes that's where I'm like, Oh no, I may be a little bit low or I may be, you know, and so I do have things on hand for those, but within 45 minutes, I will have a meal. So, and that's the, I take, I take four units in the morning just because for the dawn phenomenon, my, I mean, I, I I went down all the way to black coffee and it still spiked my sugar. And I was like, doc, (laughs) this is weird. I'm drinking water and black coffee and I'm still getting high in the mornings. And he was like, Oh, dawn phenomenon. Maybe you should take four units in the morning. He said, you might start with, you know, five, go down. And so right now I'm about four because it does, it'll, it'll cover me. I mean, that, that, that didn't realize it. Yeah. I, I actually have quite a, uh, well, I have a dawn phenomenon too. I think almost every diabetic has it. And then whenever I drink caffeine, I also get a pretty big, big spike. I, it took me so long to figure this out. It's so funny when you go to, you know, your endo, sometimes they pick up on these things and sometimes they don't like I think for the longest time I've had a spike in the morning and nobody's ever said to me like, Hey, you have a dawn phenomenon. Are you drinking caffeine in the morning? Because 
you're getting a spike here, but it's over time. I figured that out. So I'm glad you did too. And you, you're taking insulin for it in the morning. Yes. Cause uh, I mean, if, if I don't take my insulin or my R in the morning, I know it by 10 AM, you know, it's already up in the one eighties. It just because of coffee, you know, coffee and even and stevia. So it's gotta be the caffeine, I guess. Yeah. I assume that with, when you're on the regimen that you're on, you must, you probably have to keep to like a pretty specific schedule. Like you can't deviate too much in terms of what you eat and when you eat. Right. Correct. Yeah, I do. I do because of the R I, I do have a pretty strict schedule while I'm on that. And then, which has got me pretty focused on it. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm maintaining my diabetes number one and with not having that fast acting insulin. And my doctor put me on a bottle of that. It's like Fiesta maybe. And it has like that vitamin B. So it's like a Novolog with a vitamin B. And I did not like it at all. It was too fast. It went away too fast. I felt like I was having to dose, take a shot every two hours. I was like, no, I'd rather be on R. I didn't like that one. I, I don't know. I'd rather be on Novolog. But if it was coming down to those two, it was so fast acting that I would tank within 10 minutes if I didn't eat. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it, it's a, it's a crazy fast acting insulin. That's for sure. But he said it was a trial basis. Most insurances won't cover it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on Fias, but I don't think I would like it if I were not on a pump. I think if I were doing MDI, I might have a different view of it. So I cannot totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And insulin's such a personal preference. I was on Humalog forever. And I actually, at a certain point, it just got so slow that it was like hard for me to deal with it. And I had like highs that were just going on and on forever and ever. And I was on a pump and I was like, what else can we do here? And so then I ended up on Fias, but you know, it's insulin is such a personal decision and there's so many different ones on the market. And once you figure out one that works for you, then it's like, why mess with it? Yeah. So maybe we, you can take us back to what prompted your health journey and, and what, what kind of brought you to intermittent fasting. Maybe you can give us a little bit of background on that. Absolutely. So I'm most of my diabetic life. I have been unhealthy with it, with those struggles of trying and failing and dieting and then, you know, trying to get eat right and making the choice and failing again. So top of my failure list, I guess, we'll just go uh, September 3rd, 2020. I had been feeling like very terrible for about two weeks, three weeks, gastritis, flare-ups. I had a kidney infection or UTI, one or the other. I hadn't gone to the doctor, but you know what, you can feel them. I was having migraines. I, my my glasses that I had for five years, I couldn't see out of them anymore. It was just a domino effect of everything that I felt was going on. And I was like, huh, wonder what my blood sugar is, you know? So I decided that day I needed to take my blood sugar. I probably hadn't checked it in about three months and I couldn't even find one. So, which was probably the reason I hadn't checked it. I was like, oh, I'll eventually get one. And it eventually went by three months. And so I went and got me a rely on from Walmart and Man, that instantly became my best friend. I just, I checked my blood sugar instantly right there. It was 535 for the first time I'd tested within three months. And then I changed that day. I was like, nope. Even the next day, like my friends and they were, we were at the lake. I remember going to the lake that weekend and they were like, let's get donuts for breakfast. And I remember like saying, do y'all not remember what I said last night? I will not eat donuts today. Like, and I would have, you know, the night before, the day before I would have, I don't care. I wouldn't, you know, that's what we thought about. It's just. But so that day I instantly made the change. Like I was like, okay, tomorrow starts low carb. We're just going to take out the carbs. We have to do that no matter what. Let's just get rid of the sugar and the carbs. 
How, um, how did you know to do that? Did you had you read a book about it, or did you just instinctively know the carbs are the problem? And you know, just been, done it before. I've followed keto in the past, trying to do that life. I've done I've done multiple. You know, the, there's a plan that I follow closely called Trim Healthy Mama. It, they also have a diabetic line. If you haven't heard of it, it is incredible. I don't follow some of the meal plans so much as I don't like high carb meals because it's really hard for me to dose my insulin for that. So I'd like to make sure I maintain at least under a 15 carb meal if I eat. So, it, you know, it's just kind of like figuring out what I, what I like there, but some of their meals are high, healthy carb, low fat anyway. Um, so that's a whole eating plan. You can look into that if you'd like, but, um, just familiar with all of that. And I just thought that, ha- you know, we've got to do it. That's, you know, I knew right away, of course, carbs are a blood sugar spiker. So, just getting rid of them was my first step, getting back into the process. One of those hopefully not failed attempts this time. Um, so September 17th, this was two weeks, literally two weeks later, 14 days. I was like, something's got to give. I have not been under 200. I've been eating low carb. And I was like, I just started reading online. And then I was like reading along. The one thing that I knew that I had to do was make it easy make it simple. I couldn't go all in. I couldn't start just, I I couldn't calorie count and carb count. I couldn't. The only thing that I tracked starting on September 17th was my fasting hours. The only thing, because the next day I had my first blood sugar under 200. It was 117 on September 18th that morning. And I was like, wow. Okay. Well, I didn't, I, I stopped eating. I did not eat past 6 PM the night before you know, and I'm a snacker. I'm on all day, even with keto, I would snack meat and cheeses late in the evenings, you know? So I was like, okay. And so I started really reading about intermittent fasting and I just, I went, I went head first into intermittent fasting. Now I I've not gone over 26 hours. That's my longest fast, but I fast on a daily basis. At least I would say 14, 10, but 16, eight is my regular, but I did get at for the first six months, I'd hit 20 plus hours at least twice a week. I was so mad those days. And then the rest of the week, I would be two meal a day. But now, no, intermittent fasting saved my life. I believe that that is the key. Yeah. And, and you have an incredible story because your blood sugars really tell the story in that they came down from, you know, 535 down to 117 a few days later. And it's testament to you and that you were able to, to get this under control so quickly and the power of, you know, intermittent fasting and just taking control of your life. So you obviously weren't testing very much previously. Are you testing a lot more now? Oh, yes. I, I use a blood sugar monitor called Livongo. I don't know because I don't have my insurance doesn't cover I'm durable medical, so I don't have any Dexcom or anything. And so Lavongo, if you haven't heard of it, they actually provide unlimited free test strips and they have a really great monitoring program. I mean, even if, if I'm low, they'll call me and check on me. It's a really cool system that, that sends my, I love the Lavongo meter. I, I, once I found that my insurance like provided, Hey, this is an option since we don't cover durable medical. And I was like, it's the best option if they don't cover durable medical, because it is unlimited free test strips. I've already gotten like 700 shipped to my house in the last three weeks, just because I want to make sure I have a stock and they, they send them. So I'm like, I'm not going to go without, you know, and it's, it's rechargeable. You just charge it, plug it in. But anyway, I test about, I finger stick, or I actually don't finger stick anymore. I finally bought me one of those arm ones and like the ones you can do on your pad of your hands. So I do that about about 10 to 12 times a day, which is every two hours, roughly. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I mean, if you're eating low carb and you're fasting, that's probably all you really need, right? Are you finding that your blood sugars are pretty stable? Yes. I mean, and I definitely know, you know, if I have my daughter bought some lint truffles and I had one the other day, I mean, even one, and it says the serving is three. I was like, oh man, you know, two hours, you can tell the difference. So it's just like, just knowing the little bitty things like that can just change me a little bit. Oh yeah. I can, I can tell a difference. I can, that's the one thing is, is being able to really just feel it. I know that a lot of people that have had those low I've read into where they get so low and then they can't feel it anymore. Luckily I've never hit that stage where you don't know you're low, but I have heard that people that have started the intermittent fasting, it completely changes their whole, um, insulin resistance with that and they can feel their lows again, but I don't know, you know, I mean, I'm saying it's a healing thing. (laughs) Do it. You won't regret it. Yeah, I've had, I've had hypoglycemia unawareness in my life. And the reason for it is if your, your blood sugars are on the roller coaster all the time, then you don't realize when you're low. And so I think the benefit of intermittent fasting is you get off the roller coaster. So your, your body then becomes more sensitive to the fact that you're low. So that's, that's actually a really good point that you bring up that, that definitely will cure your hypoglycemia unawareness with, with intermittent fasting. So that's a, that's a cool benefit too. So we have people on this podcast that do extended fasting. We have people that do intermittent fasting. I'm an intermittent faster myself. So I, I, I pretty much eat every day. Some days I'll, I'll do like alternate day fasting, but you, you as well, you eat daily. You do like a 16, eight or, a, you know, 20 hours or whatever you end up doing OMAD, but you're, you're a daily eater essentially. And you've had really incredible results. Tell me what your, your starting A1C was and then what, where it is now. So my starting A1C that the last one I had taken was in 2019, would have been November of 2019. And it was 11.8. And I had it tested in October when I went back for my one-year checkup from my weight loss. And it was at 6.9. And I have goals to get it down to 5.9 because I definitely want to hit under that 6.0 mark then I'm still working, you know, every day is still a struggle. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're an overeater, when you're addicted to certain things, it's still tough. You know, I still look at things and then some days I'm like, yep. But then, you know, I still, I tell myself I'm, I'm intentional. That's one of my daily affirmations. I am intentional with my choices. And so that's the, that's the word you're going to hear from me a lot is just be intentional, be, make sure that, you know, you're, you're doing it for yourself. You're making sure what you're choosing for your body. So yeah. yeah I, I like that. I like that about your story. And I definitely want to get into that a little bit more before we do. So you obviously have had great health benefits, largely in the form of controlling your blood sugars better, but you've also lost quite a bit of weight doing intermittent fasting and, and being on more of a low carb keto type diet. How much Maybe you can tell us your starting weight and kind of where you are now. And if you, if you're at your goal or if you have more weight that you'd like to lose. Yeah. So it definitely was not about weight loss. Like in the beginning, right there, that blood sugar, that feeling like I was just falling apart and dying on the inside, that was where it was the change for me. So I, I didn't start like just the weight loss. Finally, a couple weeks in, I was like, Hmm, I guess I should weigh, you know? So like, I'm going to weigh in, let me figure that out. See if I'll lose weight in the process. And so I weighed on September 19th and that that's actually my dad's birthday. And so I weighed in that day and I was 256.6. And then on 14 months of, of intermittent fasting and, and my keto lifestyle. And, um, then I started also working out, I lost 
5.4 pounds. I weighed 155.2 in 14 months. Wow, that is incredible. And how tall are you? Five foot three. So I still have about roughly 15 pounds comfortably that I'd like to lose. But I honestly wouldn't care if I didn't lose another pound. You know, it's just about feeling and being healthy. So, but I've also said, you know, that health is wealth. And when you treat your body healthy, it's, it's going to become healthy and health, fat is not healthy. So that the fat's going to come off. I mean, it just, I said it, it became so easy. The fat just came off. It, it was like, once you start seeing results, you don't want to stop. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, sometimes diabetes in a weird way is kind of a blessing because it forces you to like deal with your body and get healthy. Like I've had so many unhealthy habits that I've had to cure because I have diabetes. And it sounds to me like you had sort of a similar situation where your weight had gotten pretty high and you were having some health issues and you were just like, you know what, I got to take control of this. You did it for the health reasons. And then, you know, the weight came off as well. So that's, you know, that's incredible that that worked for you. Yes. I wasn't expecting the weight to come off. Like I did like that. That was never even in the, in my mind. And I was just like every week, I, every, I didn't, I only weighed in every two weeks for the first about six months. And then I weighed in once a month after that. So for the first six months, I, I lost 50 pounds in my first six months. And I just, I mean, it was, it was incredible, but that was, that was, I still said, that's not what it's about. You know, it's not about weight loss, but that does make it more exciting for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. Same here. It wasn't really necessarily about weight loss, although I wanted to lose weight too, but the better blood sugars, that's by far, you know, if I had yeah. to trade one for the other, it would be, I would take the better blood sugars rather than the weight loss all day long. Cause that's, you just feel so much better when your blood sugars are in, you know, under control. And when you're taking a lot less insulin, which is something I also want to ask you about. So your, your insulin needs went down pretty dramatically. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So back then I was on Traceba. I've been on Traceba for a long time. So I was taking 40 units of Traceba and I'm down to 26 units uh, currently now. And on my, at, at the time I was taking Novolog and I was taking roughly hundred to 150 units a day just to, you know, cover the carbs and the blood sugars that weren't coming down. And within, within three weeks of intermittent fasting, I probably was down to less than 30 units a day of Novolog. Um, and now I of course take the R and I take four units, six, four times a day. So I take 16 units of R a day. That's pretty incredible that you've been able to, you know, reduce your insulin by that much. And it's just, you know, insulin is so tricky, I think, because you can never get it exactly right. So the more you take insulin out of the equation, I think the better off you are. I just think your blood sugars are better. Absolutely. It's definitely, like you said, it's, it's just one of those, I mean, trying to get it right every single day can be the exact same. We can, we can meal plan an exact week, the exact same and, and try to the exact same schedule, the exact same days, every single way, day. And it would never be the same just because our bodies are going to throw a wrench somewhere. Yeah. What is your typical eating window? I mean, I, I sort of keep it to the morning because I don't like to deal with bad blood sugars like in the evening at night, but I know some people, you know, maybe with your work schedule or something, maybe you're eating windows at night. Like how, how do you ha handle your eating window? So I, I work from home. So I, it, it's just, 
whatever I choose. I just choose not to eat past 7 p.m. If I haven't eaten and it's 7 p.m., I won't eat. I'll just chug water and eat the next day, just depending on. And, and then that next day, if I'm hungry in the morning, I'll go ahead and eat. If I'm feeling like I can just drink water and wait till I'll at least wait. I go on break at work at 11. So if I have like, that's my earliest time I'll usually eat is 11 a.m. So just depends. And then I go to lunch at one. So most of the time I eat between one and 7 p.m. And so that's really even a, a six hour, <laughs> but it all, it all just depends. I try to say eight hours, 11 to seven generally, but not every day is a, a 16, eight, you know, sometimes it's 18, six, I guess. Yeah. I find my days are different too, depending on what's going on. And you're, it sounds like you're a clean fasting. Is that right? What's that? Just drinking water and black coffee and yeah, stevia. Or, so the only thing I put in my coffee is a teaspoon or so of stevia. And I like the skinny syrups here and there, but yeah, most yeah. in the morning, it's generally just black coffee with stevia and water. Very nice. So maybe you can tell me, I'm really interested to hear about, you know, it seems like you have a really good support system with your family. So maybe you can tell me about how you brought your family on board. And I, I just love that whole aspect of your story. Yeah. So the, the day after uh, we came home from the lake, it was around the 5th or 6th of, Mar of September. Um, the day after we came home, I was just like, all right. I, I mean, I got down on a level with my family. I talked to my husband. I was like, this is it. I was like, I'm, I'm dying. Like I'm going to change time to change. And I always thought that my husband like just eventually was like that, you know, cause I mean, we've been together for 13 years. And it, I mean, I was 170 pounds when we got together. So it was not like I was big then. So he's been with me through all of the big growing and everything. And he, I always just felt like, oh, he's probably just thinks whatever she'll fail again. You know, not that he did think that, but that was my own negative mindset that was bogging me down. And so I was just like, I, I have to do this. And I told him, I said, you can't let me fail. Oh, and then by the time I started intermittent fasting, I was, I was like, this is, this is what I'm doing. I, I got my son on a level of like, look, dude, I ain't cooking. He's 14 years old at the time. He's 15 now. And I said, I was like, I'm not cooking. I said, so if you, if y'all want dinner, it's going to be you in the kitchen. I'm not going to be in there. Cause I was, I would stop eating by 4 PM. You know, I wouldn't, I would eat one meal a day. I wouldn't be eating after that. I mean, there was some heavy days there. And, and now I'm not near like that as, as far as, cause I've, I've lost the majority of the weight. So now it's more just about keeping my insulin resistance and making sure my blood sugar stays stable. And I feel like that is important, but so my son, he really started cooking. He already cooked a lot. I, that's one thing I'm comfortable in the kitchen. So I love that my kids want to be in there with me. And so my daughter, she's nine and she was already getting kind of overweight for her age. And like, I just got down on a level with her. I was like, ba baby mama's diabetic. I explained everything. I said, I am the way that I'm living my life is I'm, I'm killing myself. You need to understand that if I don't change, it's not going to be pretty. I was like, so we're going to stop buying this stuff for the house. No more little Debbie's and no more junk chips and no more of the junk coming in my house. And, and I was like, it's going to be tough, but we're going to get through it. And, you know, just basically I, I told them y'all will support me through this because it's going to be a transition. And we're, and so I say, I built them, I made them, I forced my family to support me and, and my friends, you know, I, everybody, I would, I would take 
I would, I mean, we had like a business meeting one time and I took a bowl, an avocado in a bowl for a nacho bar. Cause I know they weren't going to have any kind of tortillas or chips that I could eat or anything. I mean, I would take anything to anywhere. I've taken uh, pork skins to Mexican restaurants just to eat salsa, you know, or to quest chips, or I'm not afraid. Like I'm not going to go without because we're going somewhere to eat or something like that. So, but no, I just, that that's definitely, my family has been my biggest support. My husband, he goes to the convenience store at night. He, you know, he's a skinny guy. He didn't need to lose weight. Funny story real quick. My goal all along for weight was to weigh less than him. He weighed 180 pounds for our whole marriage basically. And <laughs> we go to the doctor in May of last year and he gets on the scale at 150 pounds. And I was so mad. I was like, are you kidding me? And the doctor was like, cause he, my husband has epilepsy and I have diabetes. So they say neither one of us should live alone. So we live together. <laughs> but so anyway, he, the doctor, he was like, I'm a little concerned about your weight loss. And my husband like pointed over to me and I was like, um, my fault. but he, he fasted when I fasted. He didn't, if I didn't eat, he didn't eat. I didn't even think about him losing the weight along with me, you know, like, but it was just too funny. But now if he goes to the store, he makes sure that he comes home with a snack for me. He knows the things I like from the convenience stores. And sometimes he's like, I just didn't know. So he'll buy me black olives and green olives and cheese and pork skins and a quest bar. And I'm like, thank you. I'll be good for two weeks. You know, but he, he, I I do have an amazing support system. My mother-in-law, my mother-in-love, I call her. She, she, um, she was probably my biggest supporter. I don't think I could have got through without her. Sweets are definitely one of my go-tos. I'm, I'm a sweet eater. And so one of my biggest things I said when I was starting the problem process was I will not go without if I will make all my cravings healthy. And she brought me cheesecakes and blondies. And my mother-in-law has been on a journey of her own for the last six years. And she's maintained a 50 pound weight loss. So she is she's gotten all of these things down as far as the desserts. And, and she she was, she would cry. She would be like, I'm so worried about you. I thought you were going to die. I just didn't want my grandkids to go without their mom. And, you know, she knew, I mean, she was, she, my mom passed away eight years ago. And so my mother-in-law has been a light for me. So, but anyway, that is my support system. And I blessed, blessed because of them. Well, that's, that's, that's a great, great story. Yeah. It's hard to do it if you don't have support. And I'm so impressed that you, you know, took your, sat your kids down and just said, look, this is how it has to be. And there needs to be changes in this household. That's a really hard thing to do, but you did it. And I think it's good. It sets an example for them so that they're healthy both now and later. I think that's a really important thing that you did. I know people, I feel like they like said I was a little bit harsh, but I'm like, well, I don't know. I was honest, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, this, this kind of brings me to what I was thinking about next, which is I know you brought up that you have maybe a fear of failure or a fear of me letting people down. And obviously you've made so many positive changes in your life and you've gotten your health back and you've lost a lot of weight. And I just want you to talk about maybe how you feel about that. And if you have any fears about going back or why you think this lifestyle is one that you're going to maintain forever, maybe you can kind of speak to that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those things of failure, especially when you failed so many times, if you were like me and you tried multiple times a year and six months later, you're 40 pounds heavier, you know, and you're failing again, I've been there. That fear of failure 
that fear of that, that negative thinking in my head is my husband just thinking, oh, it doesn't matter. She's going to fail again next month. You know, she's going to give up. I mean, that's my negative thinking that I had to get rid of. I guess for me, unfortunately, feeling like I was going to die, <laughs> like how my body was shutting down is what initially was like, you know, what kicked me into my journey of, of saying, this is it. This is the change. And not everybody gets that. You know, some people get it by looking at themselves in the mirror and go, oh my gosh, I never want to see that again. Some people get it in a different way. But when it comes to, when it comes to failure, when it comes to just thinking you're, you know, you, you've got to, number one, you've got to have a more belief in yourself. You've got to build your support system. You've got to say you're going to do it. And you've got to make that promise to yourself and keep it. You've got to figure out a way to make it easy. If you're the type of person that needs to track every single thing that they do to stay on point, then do that. But I couldn't, I couldn't make it hard. I couldn't make it all about tracking and being on my phone and tracking every single meal. The only thing I cared about was getting my sugars down, tracking those and keeping my fasting times. So it just became about, you know, that I was going to do this. I just kept that mindset. I was going to do it. And I didn't lose it. I think that the biggest reason is because of my sports system. Not everybody has that. And man, that really breaks my heart because if you're getting that, if you're wanting to make that change and the people around you are dogging you for it, oh, it just sucks. It really does. I just don't think I would have been able to survive it if my family didn't support me. Yeah, you're lucky. You're really lucky you've, you've had that support and you've been at this for a while, September, 2020. So, you know, you've already got quite a bit of time into this journey and it seems to me like you have a lot of commitment to it for health reasons, for weight reasons, for whatever else is going on that's causing you to do this. So I think it sounds like you have all the right puzzle pieces to make this something that you do forever. That is right. And forever, it is something that I will do. It is, it is not something It's not temporary. It's not a, it's not a, a, a quick fix and oh, we'll be good to go. You know, Popeye arm, you know, it's not one of those. It is it is a forever process. This is life. This is, this is health. You know, I've been asked so many times here in my town, Oh, you, you can't possibly lose any more weight. Aren't you done? And I'm like, I'll never, it's, I'm not trying to lose weight. I'll never be done being healthy. That is now what my life is, you know? So, and, and it's one of the things that I I've said that, that has been said to me and I'm part of a, the DDP yoga uh, program for my weight loss. And one of the things they, they ask, one of the questions they say is, if you are asked, or if you're, if you find yourself saying that it's so hard, it's so hard to eat right. It's so hard to pick the right choices. It's so hard to do it. What, what is harder is, is going up another pant size. What is harder is watching your kids have fun with everybody else. And you're sitting on the picnic table eating cake because that's all you can do. What is harder is being miserable day in and day out because you're overweight and living an unhealthy lifestyle. Pizza may be good feeling like junk isn't. <laughs> so, and that's, that's definitely just being intentional. It is not, it's not that hard. And that's the one thing when I say I, I made myself find healthy recipes for all of my cravings. I made cake in a mugs. I made chicken fried steaks, battered in almond flour and, and made a homemade gravy. I would make, I made French fries out of turnips. They were a little higher in carbs, but they turned out pretty good. I just, I tried all different things along the way because if I crave something, I was like, Oh, I wish I had that. I'm going to look it up. And that's one thing I taught my kids, you know, is if you find something you want to eat, let's look it up. And so my son will come to me with a low carb recipe and be like, you want to try this? 
I will, let's try it. And that's, that's definitely one of the positives. So there are alternatives. There are options. I don't call it dieting. I call it choice making, being intentional, being healthy. It is, it's not dieting. Don't say the word dieting. Dieting has the word die. He healthy has the word heal. We're healing our bodies. We're being intentional. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. I like that. And what's, what's DDP yoga? Maybe you can tell us about that. So DDP yoga is, it's a workout and fitness program created by Diamond Dallas Page, the old WCW wrestler. He, uh, it's incredible. He created the program along the way, basically to heal his own body from his wrestling days, things like that. And then he kind of created it for, because they had started getting big in his wrestling world there. And he has just blown away people. People have completely healed their bodies. He didn't do it as a tool for weight loss. He did it as a tool for, for healing. And so if you look up DDP yoga, go to do it, go to it on Facebook. That is, that is the, I mean, if I tell people, I, I, people say, if you could tell yourself something, you know, 15 years ago, what would you say? The three things I would say is intermittent fasting, DDP yoga, and keto. Those are the three, like that was what I've told myself 10 years ago. When did you find DDP? Was that at the start of like in September, 2020, or was it after that? I found it in November. And then I started the program and I was dead set on losing 50 pounds before I started working out and doing anything like that. And I wish I would have started immediately because even after losing 50 pounds, my left hip was so bad. It was just, I, I could not barely get out of bed and walk down my stairs in the morning. My hip would pop and grind and I was terrible. And like, that was just from the weight, you know, the pressure. And within three weeks of doing DDP yoga, I had almost no hip pain. And I mean, it, and that was after I had lost 50 pounds. So it was, I mean, it, it, the program itself, I mean, it's just incredible. It's just people boosting people and motivating and, um, yeah, I've got a challenge going with them this year. It's called the positively unstoppable challenge. Uh, I have a goal to run a marathon in six months and I want to lose an additional 20 pounds. And then the winners of the challenge get anywhere. There's a, a $1 million pot that goes out between six people and the champion gets $250,000. So yeah, it would be really cool. I mean, I'm excited for the challenge itself, but that's, it's not even about the money. It's just about the, the camaraderie of the group and staying with it and being motivated and everybody is on the same journey in that group as well. So it's pretty cool. If you don't know anything about DDP yoga, or if you don't even know Diamond Dallas page, go look it up. You won't regret that either. <laughs> cool. That's, that's really an interesting thing to, to, to do. I, I hadn't, I hadn't really heard of it, so I'm going to check that out. And so when you're doing DDP, do you ever go low or, you know, how do you find yeah, it? I have. There's been times that I have gone low and I don't know if that was just on my own mistakes of, you know, insulin before working out kind of situation or, or what it is, but there've been times when I go low, especially if I'm fasting, um, I don't know if y'all are aware of the, you know, the glucose tablets, they're the chalky little nasty things, but I prefer at Walmart, they have the rely on glucose gummies. So if I'm fasting and I go low, I just pop four to eight, anywhere of how low I am of those in my mouth. As long as you stay under, I, I've always said 40 calories in a four hour, three hour, four hour period, you won't really break your fast. So even if I'm low, I would eat those gummies and it kicks me right back up. And if I wake up low at 2 a.m., they stay on my bedside table. I can pop six of them in my mouth and go right back to sleep, you know? So 
it works out great. Um, though, but those have saved me during my fasting because getting low, that's that part where for a diabetic, we're storming the fridge, we're making everything we can and spiking later. And that was like the hardest thing for me to get rid of because that's a diabetic's like nature. Get this up, you know? And so you anyway, it spikes your hunger when you treat a low with the gummies. I do not. No, I, I usually will drink a lot of water. So I don't find that I get hungry if I have my gummies. I, I, my goal is to get my blood sugar back on track. And I think ever since I've set goals, like it, I can mind over matter, you know, if I know I'm getting to my hour and I'm like, all right, I'm getting hungry. Cool. But if I'm not even near where I need to be to eat, no, I mind over matter it for sure. And I just drink water on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since you're on injections, like, like with me on the pump, if I go low when I'm fasting, like I can see how much insulin's on board and I can like sometimes do a, some quick math in my head and say, you know what, I'm not going to like, if it's at 70 or 65, I'll say I'm not even going to treat it. But with you, your insulin's already in, there's nothing you can do about it. Like if you're going to, if you're low in your fasting period, you, you pretty much have to take care of it. And as long as you're not using that as an excuse to just go raid the kitchen, which is a very hard impulse to overcome. I totally agree with that. Then that sounds like the right way to, to do it. Yes. No, I've, I've found that that is the, that has been the best way. Cause I was, I mean, I, that was the, my biggest struggle in the beginning. And of course I was just eating like the tablets or trying to just find a few pieces of candy. But as soon as I found those gummies, the gummies are the best. I like them a lot. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into those. I recently switched over to glucose tablets after another guest told me about it. I haven't used glucose tablets since I got diabetes in 1997 because they just don't taste good, but no. it's actually good to use something that doesn't taste that great. Cause then you won't have be tempted to overeat it. <laughs> I've, right. I've now and recently realized that they do taste good, but go ahead. <laughs> well, and it doesn't make me hungry after I eat them. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is gross. You know? And I just, and I like your idea of just following it with a lot of water so that you can kind of get the taste out of your mouth as quickly as possible so that you're not, you know, triggering your hunger signals. I like that, that tip too. So when you work out, you work, do you work out faster or you try to work out when you're eating window so that if something happens or you go low, you kind of just deal with it? Both. I mostly work out in the afternoon to evening. So it's our, it's during my eating window. If I work out in the mornings, it's usually like something light, not really, you know, just super, super heavy calorie burning. If I do work out in the mornings, I find that I eat earlier for sure. That's kind of, that's where I'll adjust um, my fasting schedule. And then if I eat earlier, then I'll probably stop by six instead of seven, make sure I've had dinner earlier, something like that. Are those workouts pretty, since I don't know, I, I'm going to have to look up DDP after this, but are those workouts pretty intense? So you, the one great thing is he's got programs called rebuild all the way from people that are laying in bed and can't move out of bed to advanced all the way up to the highest level you can get. So you can go in and pick a beginner, a mediate and an advanced. There's been times where I'm like, Oh, I just need to stretch. And I've put on one of the bed workouts and I've done it right before I went to sleep and just slept better, you know, and but it, it, you can pick any level you want. And he's got workouts from 15 minutes all the way to 80 plus minutes in his, on the app. You can also download the DDP Yoga Now app and um, do the workouts from there. So no, that's what I love about it. You can kind of go in, you can pick whatever you want to do. And it, it's really a fun, it's a fun program. Yeah, that's cool. I notice when I work out, if I do like a, something that's more high intensity or just more vigorous exercise, then it'll trigger, you know, hunger 
my hunger. And then if I do something like you're talking about like that, that sleep exercise or the bedtime routine that you do, then I, I can kind of manage it a little bit better. Do you find that, you know, as well, or do you, you know, yeah, sure. Yeah. Usually within 15 minutes of working out, I'm, I'm eating if it's a heavy workout. Cause it, it, it does trigger hunger. That's for sure. And then I like to do a, just a stretch before bed, spinal stretches, all that's really good to do before you go to sleep. Yeah, that's, that's great. Before we move to, I have, you know, a final question for you, but is there anything else in here that you wanted to tell me about maybe that I'm missing or any other part of your journey that you wanted to discuss? I mean, nothing specific, really. I, I, I just started it, like you said, just because of the health reasons and, and it became just so much more as far as, as far as anything along the way that I'd like to discuss. No, not really. I mean, I, I just made sure that I, I stuck with it. I, I was intentional with every choice that I made along the way and, and I still am. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds like that. Well, I just want to, as we're coming up on time here, just ask you if you have any, cause we, obviously this podcast is really meant for people that are pre-diabetic type one or type two. It's, it's for the diabetic crowd and it's you know, a fasting in any way you do it, whether you do extended fasting or intermittent fasting, whatever your preference is, it's just, I think such a really great tool to manage diabetes. So for anybody who's listening that is in one of those categories or they have a loved one that has diabetes and that they're interested in fasting. Do you have any tips or tricks to get started or anything that you want to impart to people that are maybe thinking about doing intermittent fasting? Yeah. Number one, get a, get a good water jug, immediately replace your cravings with water. If you're feeling like you want to eat, drink water. I crave water now. Like it's a forced craving, I guess I, I made myself just chug the water. And that's kind of what it even says. Like if you're fasting and you think you're hungry, just drink water. And so that's what I did. I just drank water. So a, get a good, get a good jug, get a, get a good water jug, start, start drinking water. I don't put ice in my water. I drink tap water, um, or bottled water, depending on, I have, I live in a small town with good well water, so I don't have to drink bottled water, but whatever you like, I don't, I don't, like ice and then get a fasting tracker. I, I think that I use just, it's literally called intermittent fasting tracker app. The one that I used reminded me to drink water and it, it shows you your time. Like it'll even tell you, you know, congratulations, you made it to eight hours or 10 hours, four hours, whatever. And like I said, the only thing I logged was my fasting. So if you're going to get into fasting, pick your window. If you're going to get into the time stuff, like what I do, I wasn't a huge fan of, you know, like cutting your calories to 500 for one day. Like that's just, I mean, I guess I probably could have tried it. I just didn't like that process. So definitely just, you got to jump in, but you got to figure out your window. You got to figure out what you can, where you can eat, you know? So I, I generally pick 11 to seven. Sometimes I go longer, but I always try to stay within that window. I think those are great tips. And I think your experience, I love the fact that you're doing this, you're on injections and you're doing finger sticks and you're able to do it just as well as somebody who's on a CGM and a pump. You've totally made it work for you. And you're doing, you're doing an intermittent fasting type lifestyle. And I like the fact that, you know, everybody's got a different way of doing things and it works. Everybody picks their own way of doing it and it works well for everyone. So I really appreciate hearing your story and you've created a really good situation for yourself and your family. And I'm just really impressed with everything you've done. Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I love, love sharing. I know that it's, it can be for anybody that fear of failure. You got to get past it. You're not going to fail. 
You deserve to treat yourself like the king or queen that you are. You deserve to be healthy. Health is wealth. I promise you, once you see change, once you see results, continue on. Don't let it go. Don't give up. I love that. I love that. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.